Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. I am your host, Joe D'Amico, and as always, we thank you guys so much for joining us today. We hope the fantasy season is treating you as well as it possibly could. NFL this week, guys, battered by injuries, so we get to the bottom of it today. We'll draw some conclusions for the rest of the year. And if you guys love fantasy football out there, you want that crucial edge, that competitive, important edge on your league mates and teammates, look no further. We got your back. We are the Fantasy Injury Team. You guys could visit us, fantasyinjuryteam.com. Tons of articles, great content there on all socials, especially Twitter at injury underscore fantasy. Give us a follow. Give us a like, a subscription there. So today, guys, another very, very special episode. First off, we're joined by the CEO. I'm sure he loves, be called, loves being called that. The CEO, the founder of the FIT team, the doctor of physical therapy. What an intro. The doctor's in. Tom Christ, what's going on, man? What's good? What's good? Let's have a good time tonight. All right. Let's do it. You're also joined by another awesome guest today. His name is Tyler Dugan. So Tyler is a good deal younger than us. But listen, don't sleep on his fantasy football abilities and his knowledge. Ty's a big Jets fan, and he has gone viral on TikTok. You, can, you, guys, you guys can find him on TikTok at td.sports. He's amassed 147,000 followers there, over 7.4 million likes on his videos. I guess that's what happens when you're young and talented and understand technology. Certainly beats the uh, 363 followers I have on TikTok. <laughs> Happy to have you, Ty. What's going on, man? I'm good. I mean, the Jets are good, so I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Thank you. Jets are good, so you're good. We got some winning football teams in this group right here. The Giants, the Jets, and the Eagles. Loving it. That's right, um, baby. So our other guys, Sam Webb, Benvento, they are on the injury report this week, I guess, so to say, not feeling uh, so well. They're under the weather. I think they're uh, – Tom, why don't you give us our, our analysis on that? They're listed as day-to-day. Yeah, I believe they will both be day to day. I think they need um, some some rest and um, hopefully we'll get them back next week. All right. The bye week for Sam and Vin. But Tyler, a, uh, an admirable fill in here. So happy to have him on the show. So let's get to it, guys. So today's show is going to be a little bit different from previous ones, being that we do have Tyler with us today. Of course, we value his time. We want to pick his brain as much as possible. So in the beginning, We'll discuss the major, major injuries with Tom. He'll do the heavy lifting there. And Tom is going to try to do another episode this week, right, Tom? Maybe on Friday he'll do another injury episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll be in uh, sunny San Diego this, the rest of this week, so I'll have a, a little more free time than usual. I mean, it, it's not truly a vacation. I'm going for a, a conference, a PT conference, so I'll be surrounded by some of the smartest brains in the industry. And I'm hoping to have quite a few of them on for some special episodes. Um, but I will at least be putting out one just to, to wrap up the rest of the player injuries this week as well. Awesome. We'll look out for that later in the week and enjoy your vacation, Tom, as we stay here in Jersey, as Jersey gets uh, cooler. And I think it's been raining for about three or four days, but uh, enjoy that trip, Tom. So we'll do those major injuries. Then we've got fantasy debate club where, the old guy, Tom, and the young guy, Tyler, are going to go at it for three rounds, talk a little fantasy football there. Then we got our start-sit portion, mailbag questions, and then, of course, trivia to end our show to give away a free, signed and framed Austin Eckler jersey and a chance for you guys to come on our show as well. So that sounds good to you. Strap in, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So, Tom, let's start off with injuries here. Really, really unfortunate. And of course, we got Tyler, big Jets fan on the show. But one of the biggest ones really broke football this weekend was the Brees Hall injury, a season ending ACL tear, which was so unfortunate. A massive setback there. Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Brees Hall? Man, I hate these injuries so much, especially when it's to a young player who is looking so, so good. Uh, the play, it actually looked like it was a concussion at first, the way he got hit, but then they quickly reported that it was his knee that was injured. Um, it was hard to see in the video because there's a whole lot of other bodies in the way of the camera, but turns out it was an ACL and meniscus. Now, we don't know if the meniscus needed to be repaired or debrided or left alone. We don't have that information yet, but if it needed to be repaired, that slows things down from a rehab standpoint. Anytime there's multiple tissues involved, that slows things down. But the meniscus in particular, when that's repaired, that changes the first six weeks of rehab. With a plain ACL tear, nothing else, they can start weight-bearing right away. 
That's not a problem. They'll probably have crutches, but they'll start weight bearing right away. And that really helps prevent muscle atrophy uh, or the loss of strength. When a meniscus tissue is repairing, it's typically non-weight bearing at all on that leg for six weeks. So they can still do exercises like in the bed or on a, a treatment table, but you're not getting that same weight bearing benefit in the leg for six weeks. So that sets the player back significantly. Now, that being said, this was what, week seven? So he has 52 minus seven, which is 45 weeks till week one. That's doable either way, whether the meniscus was repaired or not, but it will be challenging if the meniscus was repaired. Statistically, running backs actually average 59 weeks between the day of their ACL tear to the return to the field. Now, that number is skewed a little bit, a lot of bit, because Jarek McKinnon missed two seasons, so his number is in the hundreds. But even more recently, let's look at J.K. Dobbins. That was 56 weeks, and Gus Edwards was 59 weeks till they returned. We know Dobbins was a very involved knee injury, but even Edwards was less involved, and it still took him a while. So we're hearing all about like Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup returning so fast from ACL injuries. That is not the norm. That's the exception. We need to remember that. So Different position, too. Wide receiver versus running back as well. That's true as well. Um so there certainly is absolutely possibility that Brees Hall is ready to go week one. But even if he is, let's remember the statistics. Running backs are awful in their first several weeks returning from an ACL injury. Like, terrible. You can look at the data we have on fantasyinjuryteam.com, or you can just look at, the, you know, J.K. Dobbins, he had one good game in the four games that he's played, but the other ones were not good. Gus Edwards got off to a great start last week. Let's hope he continues that. But I think we need to temper our expectations for Hall at the start of next season. But that being said, he can absolutely get back to 100%. I just think it would be the second half of next season or the year after. All right. Well stated, Tom. It just it pains me so much just as a football fan, as no matter what, Giants or Jets, whatever. He was having such a ridiculous rookie campaign already, man. He started slow when he got hurt. Well, currently still running back six right now and only getting better. He could have been on track before this injury to be the first overall pick next year. I think he was that guy. But Tyler, we'll pivot over to you right now. I mean, the Jets are kind of in shambles, man. You get the Brees Hall injury. Corey Davis day-to-day with a knee injury. Elijah Moore wants out and wants off the team or, or wants to be traded or just get more involved. He looks like he's back this week. Elijah Vera Tucker out for the season. I mean, we'll talk a little more about the James Robinson pickup later in the show, but what do you think, Ty? What, what are your thoughts about this whole thing? And, and even for Brees Hall in Dynasty, Tom talked about his return next year. Are you buying him in Dynasty, selling him? Are you holding him? What are your thoughts, man? I mean, it's just really unfortunate for the Jets because we started to become a run-first team, and Hall was like our offensive identity, probably the second-best player on our whole team. Now he's gone. I mean, we, we can replace him, but it's not going to be as good for us. It's rough. For Dynasty, I hate to say it, but I'd probably have to sell him. You know, Tom said it, running backs don't come back and look that much like their former self. They take a hit. It's, I would probably sell. So tough to press that button, sell Brees Hall. I don't even know why we – why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we play fantasy football? I only had Brees in one league. I don't even want to look at that team. I don't want to even open that team. I don't even want to see it. It's just, it's so sad. I, I think just by the data that Tom talked about, the stuff that's on our website, I feel like I would sell too. I'm just worried about, I mean, listen, in the future, the guy can be phenomenal, but I'm worried about next year too. Like even Tom with J.K. Dobbins, right? Like he's been questionable. He's been in and out of games. Like they thought he was going to return earlier. You just you just never know as much data as we have. You just never know. Um, I mean, I would personally in dynasty try to get as much bang for my buck as I can with Brees Hall, but that's tough, man. Tough one to start the show. with. Okay. Let's go over to Alan Lazard. So shoulder injury, he's doubtful for week eight. Listen, the Packers, just another team. I mean, in shambles right now, they're three and four, three straight losses. If you would have said this to someone in the beginning of the year, they would be in shock. Packers, three straight losses to the giants. Jets and commanders, and they're going to lose this week. You can book that. They're going to be three and five after this week. Packers travel to Buffalo to face the Bills, who are off a bye. 
11 point underdog. See you later. But what's up with Lazard, Tom? Are we looking at a possible return after this injury, after this week? What do you think about him? It sounds like he's not going to play this week. Um, but whenever he does return, this probably won't impact his fantasy production when he returns. I mean, he's still Green Bay's number one receiver. Rodgers is not putting up the numbers he typically does, but he's still a really, 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 really good quarterback. Um, you could some would say he's still elite. Um, but with the shoulder injury, it's more of a risk for like a re-injury than it is for a performance drop-off. So it doesn't affect their ability to run, which is the bigger part of playing football. He's still going to have the same speed, agility, quickness. And they're not going to put him on the field if he can't raise his arm above his head. Like, they, they just won't. That's where, if any performance decline would come, it would come from, can he move his shoulder through the range of motion that's required to play football? And they're not going to put him out there if he can't do it. So if he's on the field, he should be playing fine. It's just a matter of when will he get back on the field and will he get re-injured at some point? Hopefully not. Um Rodgers came out. Rodgers, you can tell. I mean, I said last week on the show that Rodgers wouldn't fall over and die and that he's going to do something for this team. I don't know what he can do, but what he is doing is a lot of complaining. I'll tell you that. He was, I don't know if you guys saw the quote, he said guys that make mistakes should play less and other guys should get more opportunities. I feel like for that, he had to be talking about Romeo Dobbs. I just think that he had a vision of him being so good and maybe he's not running routes right. I know he dropped a ton of passes, so we'll see. We'll get to what they might do at the, at the trade deadline here. I also read an article saying that they're going to try to address their need by signing another tight end. So who knows what they're going to do, but that team is in shambles, man. I'm sick of AJ Dillon too, wasting a spot on my fantasy teams last week, four carries for 15 yards. This guy, I mean, I was telling people beginning of the year, the fourth round, fifth round value, but this team right now, they just cannot sustain two running backs. Aaron Jones is their guy. Um, throw back to the beginning of the year when uh, remember when Rogers wore that shirt that said like Lazard number one receiver. I think he was, I think he was just trying to hide his feelings and I think he really misses Devontae Adams, but Ty, what do you think, man? Who should the Packers trade for? They have to, right guys, they have to trade for a receiver. Um, what do you think, man? Who, who, who should they target? As a Jets fan, obviously my first thought, Elijah Moore, he's so talented. We started limiting his snaps. He, he wants to trade. They, they got to try to make a move for him. I know we say we're not going to trade him, but that stuff happens all the time. I feel like he's the guy they have to go for. Why were they limiting his snaps? Is he not like, what was the, I don't do you have any know. idea why? I don't know. I mean, like everyone's calling him selfish for wanting a trade. And like he, he partially is, but like we took away his snap share for no reason. He was up at 90 in the first few weeks. Started going down 80, 70 in the sixties. Like we need to get him the ball more. I think so too. Corey Davis was like eating in that offense. Remember last year when Moore went off with who with Mike White as their court? Was it Mike, Mike White, White at that yeah. time? Yeah, 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 Mike White. That was awesome. So can you imagine what Elijah Moore could do with freaking Aaron Rodgers? He's just so good. He's so talented. Even a guy like we'll talk a little later in the show. Even a guy like DJ Moore, they could sign like a vet that's a good route runner, someone that just like understands football and been Brandon, around. It. Brandon Cooks is a fit that I like there. I like Cooks too a that's lot. A good yeah, a guy like Judy or Hamler, even like Chase Claypool. Just give Rodgers something. Claypool, starting to feel bad for the one. guy. Yeah, um, so I guess we'll see how that pans out. I mean, the Packers are going to be 3-5 and five after this week, although we really never know. I can't guarantee that because what happened last week, the uh, who beat who, that was absolute. The Panthers beat the Panthers Bucks. <laughs> I was watching stuff. People are like, this is why Vegas is worth millions and billions and billions of dollars because you can't predict this stuff, but we'll continue trying our best. Okay. Another injury, Tom, this one hurt me. This hurt my heart. Got tons of shares of Mike Williams, Big Mike, putting together a really good wide receiver one campaign this year. It was wide receiver nine. Looks like he's going to miss some time with the high ankle sprain. It looked really bad. I'll let you talk about that, but just got a notification a couple hours ago. He's going to miss a minimum of four weeks. So not looking too good for Big Mike. Talk to us about him. Yeah, and you could tell right when it happened, right? The video was very clear, like there's nobody in the way. You knew it was a high ankle sprain because of the mechanism. His foot was facing outwards as it planted to the ground, and the defender pinned, essentially pinned his foot outwards to the ground and landed on him in a way that turned his leg inwards. So what that does, that creates that gapping between the tibia and the fibula, those two shin bones, 
And that stretch that stresses all those ligaments or several ligaments in there that hold those bones together. And it stresses them, creating a sprain, um, a high ankle sprain. And the issue here is the tibia and the fibula like to be nice and congruent to one another. And they fit right on a, a bone in the foot called the talus to create the ankle. It's this this congruency is very, very important because if, if they don't have it properly, then the foot can't push off the ground quite as efficiently, quite as quite as hard when the player is running, jumping, cutting, etc. So now instead of having a firm push off, it's not, it's kind of squishy and you're not able to generate as much force, but also it just hurts. It hurts a lot. And when you're in pain, you're not going to be able to, to generate power. So the issue here with it being a more severe injury He's going to run the risk for that chronic ankle stiffness that we're constantly talking about, which can then contribute to all sorts of injuries down the road because it's going to lead to more, it's going to affect the shock absorption of the ankle, leading to stress on the knee, the hip, the back, et cetera. Now, that's not a guarantee that that's going to happen, but that is something that we see frequently. So hopefully the uh, Chargers training staff is working with him to, to mitigate any residual stiffness from this but it's also going to impact his ability to cut and jump when he returns. And we know that Mike Williams loves to jump and catch these ridiculous balls. So I could see that being a little bit limited when he returns receivers average missing 4.4 games. And we see a decline of 2.4 fantasy points when in their first game back with only 36% of players meeting or exceeding this. So definitely out at least four weeks, it looks like. And then I wouldn't expect him to be, hundred percent for at least another two weeks. So we're going into what week eight. So that's eight, nine, 10, 11, that he's not there for 12 and 13 that you really can't rely on him. Then it's playoffs. So you need to think, what is your current situation? Like, do you need to win now? And Mike Williams, isn't going to help you with that. Or are you, are you sitting in a good spot and you can keep him on your roster because you won't need him till you need to win. Now you need to trade him right now. Tom, if you can picture what's going on in my brain right now, it's like mathematical equations and things. To, I'm five and two with him and sounds like he's coming back right in time for the playoffs. But again, you said this might be something. It sucks, man. This might be something that affects him at least for the first few weeks. And then let's say he comes back, right, and puts up like a seven spot and then like an eight spot. And then it's fantasy playoffs. It's like, can you trust him? So that's a really, really tough and unfortunate situation hoping to see him back soon. I mean, just fantasy implications, Ty, we'll go over to you here. Just fantasy implications for the Chargers. They are in a bye this week. Eckler, man, the guy is absolutely elite right now. I mean, he 53 catches on the year. That's pace for 128 catches. Tom, I bet you know this answer. What running back leads the uh, in NFL history, most receptions in a season? Come on, Christian McCaffrey. 116. In 2019, he's on pace to beat that by 12 catches. That's absolutely wild. But Tyler, what do you think? So, I mean, we, we talk extensively on the show about Keenan Allen and how he's been banged up. Mike Williams down. Who the heck can we trust from this team, man? Who do we trust on the Chargers going forward? Well, first of all, I think you need to rely on that player. He's one of your best guys. And the Chargers, they have speedy receivers like Joshua Palmer, Jalen Guyton. But I feel like they feed off the existence of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams taking away. You know, and I think you have Keenan Allen has to come back and they have to lean on him and Eckler. Those are the two guys. I feel like I want to just pick up Palmer and like replace him and throw him in there. But I just don't think Palmer's that good. Um, no, who's the other guy? Not Guyton. Um, DeAndre Carter. Carter. Yeah, he was a little bit more involved. I think he could be a sneaky pickup going forward. Even. Even Gerald Everett could probably take some of that uh, load off him or, or, or tight end Parham is not bad either, but unfortunate injury news there. Okay. couple left here. Tom, back to you. So DK Metcalf, he has a knee injury. Pete Carroll, man, guys off his rocker. He won't, he refuses to, to rule out DK this week. Uh, good thing DK doesn't need surgery, but is he right in not ruling him out this week? Like, what do you think about DK? It, it's hard to know. I mean, it looked he, he was carted off. That's never a good sign. 
what there's a, this is another one that there's a really clear video for. And I tweeted out immediately that it didn't really look like an ACL mechanism. I know that's what a lot of people's first thought was, but I think they just thought that because it was a non-contact injury where he landed on the one leg by itself, but you didn't really see a significant, what we call knee valgus or caving inwards. It did a little, so I think that's where a lot of people got the the concern from as well. Is it, it did come in a little, but it was not excessive by any means. Now, what this did do, though, was put a lot of strain on his patellar tendon. So that's the tendon that um, connects the the kneecap down to the shin bone. It's it's pretty short, but it's very 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 strong and influential. This is it's very important with athletic ability because all the quad muscles, which are really, really strong, powerful muscles, they transmit their force through the patellar tendon or through the quad tendon, through the patellar tendon onto the tibia of the shin bone that allows our, our knee to straighten out. And it's highly involved in running, cutting, squatting, every athletic movement. This type of injury can be tricky too, because it does not it can be very stubborn when trying to rehab it and heal. And it's creates such a sharp debilitating pain that literally doesn't allow you to do what you want to do sometimes. So I I know sometimes patients will report like I'm trying to squat and I just can't like I, I, my knee almost gives out because it's such a sharp pain. So they're going to have to get this managed for DK before he can get back to playing well. I, I would not expect him to play this week, but again, I don't know the severity. I'm not there treating him. If it's anything more than mild, I think this is going to impact him for a couple weeks. Now, this is also the type of injury, though, that sometimes when you get warmed up and there's a lot of blood flowing, it actually feels better. So we'll have to really monitor practice reports, but I would err on the side of caution and think that he's probably not going to play this week. And if he does, he's not at 100%. You brought up pain, and I'm glad that you did, because as we go through these injuries, sometimes we just kind of talk about like, all right, recovery time is two to four weeks or whatever it is. But sometimes I personally, and I'm sure some of the listeners do, they discount the pain factor and that these are human beings. And that you just talked about that sharp pain, like, Injuries hurt, like you always talk about the ribs or the shoulders, but DK, definitely something to monitor there. I think Lockett, not that he was really a sittable guy, he was more of a flex play. I think Lockett at this point turns into a must play, probably a wide receiver too. And Tom, who the Seahawks playing this week? I don't know. The New York football giants, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, let's go Hawks. Now, listen, the Giants being disrespected again. Giants six and one, right? They're a three-point underdog to Seattle. Tom, you told you called me crazy, or Sam called me crazy when I said Giants gonna be eight and two, right? They're six and one now. Seattle this week, who's playing well, playing probably above their pay grade, then a bye for the Giants, then they play the one and four Texans, and then the one and five Lions. I'm not gonna be shocked Those are trap games. When my Giants are nine and one, they're like, they're like a bad fantasy team. Not that the Giants are bad. They're like that fantasy team. You look at that's in second place and you're like, wait, what? Like they didn't even, they don't do it. Like, how did they get there? But Tyler, over to you quick. So Marquise Goodwin had a really good game, four catches, 67 yards, two touchdowns. Ty, you're good at this stuff, man. What is he worth a stash? Is he worth a play? What do you think about Goodwin? I mean, if you absolutely have to play someone, he's worth it, but he's a really risky pick. I think Seattle's a team that likes to run the ball before they pass it. He had just five targets last week, and he made the most of it. He had 67 yards, two touchdowns. But I just don't expect that to happen again. I think there's going to be a big drop-off, and he could end up being a complete dud. He could do good. I don't know. It's just risky. I wouldn't recommend it. Okay, appreciate that. I'm with you there, man. It's hard to repeat a two-touchdown form. What would you say, five targets for him? Just five targets, yep. <sighs> If it was something like seven, eight, nine targets, it's more sustainable, but I don't see him doing that, especially against the Giants, Tom. Okay. (laughs) How about Matt Ryan? Dude, Matt Ryan. Talk about unfortunate. This is like the the depressing part of our show. It's all like the, (laughs) it's all like the, the negativity, but Matt Ryan, a grade two shoulder separation. And then also 
of course, benched for Sam Ellinger. Um, can you imagine that? Yeah, you're hurt and you're also benched. But what's his outlook there? I mean, is he is he coming back? Is he is? I mean, what do we think overall about that team or Matt Ryan himself? Uh, it's a tough situation. Um, I actually saw a shoulder sprain. I didn't see shoulder separation, but but perhaps that like I don't know. Uh, maybe that's what's going on. But it doesn't really matter because they've said that Ellinger is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. Um, now, in the event that Ellinger goes down or does not play well and Ryan comes back in, quarterbacks actually surprisingly respond really well to shoulder injuries with 66% meeting or exceeding their pre-injury fantasy output in just the first game back. That doesn't make sense to me, but that's what the numbers say. You would think that their performance would be a lot worse with their throwing arm injured, but apparently they're still able to perform well. That said, I mean, I'm moving on from Matt Ryan. You're, if, if for some reason you had him in a one QB league, get rid of him. Even in two QB leagues, if, if you have another quarterback and you don't need Matt Ryan's depth as the, as a NFL backup, you can cut him for someone else. Definitely droppable. Um, but a guy that's not droppable, we've gotten a lot of questions this week about their receivers, especially Michael Pittman. So, Tyler, what do you think their season outlook is now for these Colts pass catchers? Pittman, uh, Paris Campbell has kind of bursted onto the scene. Alec Pierce had some success earlier. What are implications there? We've gotten a lot of questions on that. I think it's going to hurt the receivers. I think they're going to rely a lot more on these short passes to Taylor, checkdowns to Hines, stuff like that. We don't know. Pittman might not get the same volume. They're going to pass a lot because they're going to be losing a lot, but we don't know if they're going to keep locking in on it. And I don't know if I trust them that much anymore. I don't see how this could benefit Pittman. I think it can only hurt him. Yeah. It could benefit them, like Tyler said, because they're going to be losing and they're going to have I mean, to just throw the ball. Back, but... Yeah, they're really losing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually losing anyway. You're right. But Heinz could be like a sneaky play. And then I think Listen, JT might see eight, nine in the box, if that's even friggin' possible. But, I mean, at least he's going to get a ton of work, and maybe he'll even start to catch some passes too. But I think just a really tough situation there. I picked up in a couple leagues Paris Campbell just because of all the targets he got, and he's more of a slot kind of speedy guy. But I'm not overly confident there. And then Pittman, I'm honestly trying to sell. If I have Pittman anywhere, use his big name, use some of the big games that he's had lately, I would try to get rid of him because I don't see the, the wide receiver one in his range of outcomes coming up. On to James Conner. Uh, speaking of a painful injury, we talk about pain tolerance with this one. Ribs missed the last two games. He missed out of the Cardinals putting up 42 points on Thursday night. What a freaking miracle. We saw a good primetime game for once, but is he expected back, Tom? What are your thoughts on Conner? I, I think so. Um, he's been practicing this week, and I wouldn't expect the rib injury to impact his efficiency on the field. But I do think that they may reduce his snap rate because of this, but also because Eno Benjamin's been playing well and Daryl Williams is also back to practice. So I believe that they would use all three in a rotation. Whereas last season, it was predominant when Connor really had a good year. It was him and it was Chase Edmonds, but there's even periods of time where Edmonds wasn't there and it was just Connor and he was going off. But I, I mean, Connor is looking like one of the big busts this year. And I don't really think that that's going to change much this season. Arizona's offense is, it's, they have their moments, but it's not consistent at all. And they've got three running backs now that are all getting touches. I'm out on James Connor right now. Plus, the new Call of Duty is coming out soon, and we all know what that means for uh, for Kyler Murray and his success. <laughs> but you mentioned Eno Benjamin. He's been filling in pretty admirably, man. Last week, 12 for 92, 7.7 yards a carry and a touchdown. I mean, listen, when Connor's back, I don't think Benjamin is kicked to the curb, but I think it curbs James Connor's potential ceiling. Um, I just also – I'm just – I've been talking a lot of crap about coaches lately because, again – me and you, we're just guys who love football and we're obsessed with it, but I just don't think coaching is as hard as these people make it seem, right? Like Rondell Moore has been my guy. Tom, I think he was your start of the week last week, Rondell Moore, right? That didn't work the, out too well. He's five foot seven and he's quick and he's amazing in the slot. I think last week Cliff Kingsbury put him outside 
90 or 80 something percent of the snaps. It just, he throws a fade to him in the corner. It's just bad coaching. Like it doesn't make sense, but from that team, Tyler, what about Hopkins? What a welcome back for him, man. 10 for 103, ridiculous 14 targets. We ready to call him a wide receiver one again? What do you think? I definitely am. I'm, I'm completely on him. I mean, 14 targets on 29 passes by Murray, 50, about a 50% target share. That's just ridiculous. I mean, having a really good quarterback helps you. Murray loves to scramble around, throw up a pair to Hopkins. He's going to get the volume, and I think he's a really good receiver one. I didn't even realize they threw 29 times. That's so 14. He yeah. threw his way 14 times out of 29. Welcome back, D-Hop. Man, he is, he's looking like a league winner this year. And, and, Tom, I remember you in the beginning of the year saying, take him and stash him and just get yourself to three and three. And when he's back, he's going to win you some leagues. And looks hey, like that's the case. Guess what I did, Joe, in my main league. I hope that you're going to tell me you drafted him and stashed him. And I went three and three, and now I'm four and three. <laughs> a man with a plan. You love to hear that That when it develops. That's awesome, man. Um, unfortunately, your other guy, Michael Thomas, if, I wish he could stay on the field. He would have been the league winner too, man. Uh, don't even get me started on him. <laughs> Looks so good early. But, Tyler, you got any shares of D-Hop anywhere? Um, Zero. I, I don't have him <laughs> nowhere. I do have Zach Ertz, though, in a lot of leagues. It's not looking good. He was – Good for a while. I mean, tight ends. Until D Hop came back and he gets four targets, two receptions, 21 yards. Yeah. That whole team was kind of just kicked to the curb because D Hop's back. I mean, he got 48% of the targets. Can it can he get more than that? You think he's ever gonna like yeah, like next week's show? Yeah, 67% of targets went to DeAndre Hopkins. It's in his range of outcomes. It is. I I wonder what the record is for target share when the quarterback throws like over like 25 passes. I bet you it's like Devontae Adams or someone. I'm going to make a guess and then we'll check this out next time. I'm going to say somebody ran because there's always those crazy games. I'm going to say someone had like a 65% target share one game, but could be Devontae Adams. It could be somebody like that or even somebody like Cooper Cup this year because Matthew Calvin Stafford, Johnson. Oh, Calvin. Randy Moss era. That should be our next trivia question. That's it should perfect. Be. That okay. Is good. All right. All you guys at home start doing your research. Okay. Two or three more injuries and then we'll get to some other good stuff. So uh, Chuba Hubbard ankle injury happened in the fourth quarter. Um, like we talked about the NFL is just a fake Fugazi land because where the hell on planet earth do the Panthers beat the bucks 21 to three. I don't even know what that was. DJ Moore looking like he was back. He looked pretty good. Seven for 69 in the touchdown. I'm hoping for him. He gets traded, but. What's going on with Chuba? He did not practice today, so he has an ankle sprain. Um, Obviously, that's going to impact a runner's ability to change direction more so than run straight forward. And Hubbard, he's a shifty guy, so I could see that impacting him quite a bit. And Running backs averaged 2.4 points per game below their pre-injury average in the first game back after an ankle sprain. He's going against Atlanta's fifth-ranked rushing defense. I did not know that Atlanta's rushing defense was the fifth best. I didn't know Atlanta was good at anything except bad coaching. <laughs> well, we know that and not using superstar tight ends. Or rookie wide receivers, but we'll yeah. hold that for another time. I <laughs> <laughs> will save that for the next figure it out. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing is, like, I think you're about to get here, but Foreman ran really, really well, um, which, is, which is interesting. Uh, I think it's a stretch to consider starting Hubbard this week. So over to you then, Tyler, who is the running back to own in Carolina? Is it Hubbard? Is it Foreman? Is it none of the above? What do you think, man? I think you got to go Foreman with Chuba injured. Foreman got more snaps, more rushes. He was more efficient. I don't see how they don't give him the chance to lead that backfield again. More in all the big three categories. Both are kind of moderately involved in the passing game, but I think I agree with you there. Okay. On to Debo Samuel. Hamstring day-to-day. What do we got on Debo, Tom? I'm a little concerned for this week. Not overly concerned yet. Um, It doesn't appear too serious. They don't – they're not sounding like it's too serious in San Francisco, and he still played 86% of snaps last week. However, I don't believe he practiced today, and hamstring injuries are going to impact – top end speed, which receivers get to more than running backs. We've talked about this before. 
just the nature of their position. A running back has the ball for a couple seconds and only starts typically five or seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. They don't typically run more than 10 yards in a play. Receivers, however, are running lots of yards when they're running the routes. And the hamstring impacts a runner most when they get from 80 to 100% of their top end speed, which takes like 40, 50 yards to do. So that's why we see receivers are much more impacted from a fantasy standpoint from hamstring hamstring injuries than running backs are. Receivers average 2.8 points below their pre-injury average when they return from a hamstring injury. Um, Debo is obviously a unique talent, and you probably don't have a terrific replacement that compares to him. But if you do have, you know, a, a, a nice other receiver or even running back to flex out for him, it's worth considering. It's worth at least seeing what the practice reports look like the rest of the week. If he gets a, a full or almost full practice, I would start him. But if he's limited throughout the whole week and they're like, and it's a true game time decision and you have a decent player to pivot to, I would consider that. All right, TD Sports, I'm going to put you on the spot. Buy, sell, or hold Devo? That's a tough one. I definitely either hold or sell. I personally don't like any 49ers players because they just have so many weapons, like Kittle, Ayub, Debo, now McCaffrey. There's only so many points to go around. I don't really like any of them. Not too sure how Debo's doing, but... I just don't see how he gets consistent volume with all those weapons. What about you, Tom? Buy, sell, or hold on Debo? I'm holding him. I think he's an elite talent, and he he can score from anywhere on the field. He doesn't really need volume. I mean, volume's nice, but he doesn't need it. And I believe that McCaffrey actually just helps out the entire offense because now the defense has so many superstars to worry about. I think they're all going to be much more efficient despite lower volume. Okay. I agree and disagree with some of what you guys said. I'm actually on the sell Debo train. I think he's like wide receiver 11 right now. I just think there's less stuff for him now, right? There's, I think there's going to be less of those design runs or sweeps or pitches to him. I think CMC is going to eat into that. Rest in peace, Jeff Wilson. We'll see you later. I think he's dropping all. Uh, but you're right. Kittle looks really good again. Brandon Ayuk, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky wide receiver 20 on the year. That's like a mid-range wide receiver too. But Tyler, you're right, man. They just have so many options there. It's it's tough, and you never know who's going to go off in a week, and especially when Jimmy Garoppolo, no disrespect, decent NFL quarterback, but I don't know how much he can sustain. Okay. Last couple guys, Tom. We'll bunch them all together. I think these guys are all playing tomorrow night, right? What's tomorrow? The Bucks and uh, Bucks and, and Baltimore Ravens, right? Okay. So quickly, just give us Bateman, Evans, and Andrews, right? Those are three guys that we're kind of concerned with for tomorrow. Yeah. And just real quick, just a reminder. So I will be doing another episode later this week to cover a lot more of players who we don't get to tonight. So look out for that. We'll definitely be tweeting it out, and it should be out on Spotify and Apple by Friday. So Mike Evans, very mild ankle sprain. He's already, he's been ruled that he's good to go. Like we've talked about, the ankle sprains can impact their lateral agility. That's not really Mike Evans. Like he's fast, gets down the field, and he uses his big body. I think he's going to be 100% stardom. Mark Andrews didn't practice at all this week, and they play tomorrow like we talked about. He's not a lock to play. But remember, last week he had, I believe it was 0.4 fantasy points, So, and he had this uh, same injury going into that week. So possible that that really impacted him. Definitely need to check your lineup before the game tomorrow. The good news is they play Thursday, so you can sub them out. No problem. One to keep in mind here, Isaiah Likely, rookie tight end out of where, Joe? Where do you go to college? Oh, gosh, I have no idea. Mammoth? <laughs> Just because I went there, I have no idea. What? How about one better than Mammoth? Are you going to say Coastal where you went? That's right. Coastal okay. Carolina, Chanticleer. Uh, he's really freaking good. Like this guy is a really, really good pass catching tight end, very athletic, very fast. And um, Lamar Jackson loves his tight ends. So if Andrews is out, likely is a really nice fill in and he's probably available. Rashad Bateman, full practice Wednesday, expected to play. 
coming off that midfoot injury that he did play last week. This type of injury is going to impact lateral quickness, jumping, top end speed. The midfoot is very, very, very involved with running and all athletic movements. So if there's any residual stiffness or again, that pain that we were talking about earlier, it's going to slow him down a little bit. Last week, he only had 42 yards. So, uh, which, you know, you, you never know with a receiver is that because, because the injury was slowing him down or the game plan just not really going in his favor. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he struggles a little bit again this week. All righty. So that wraps up our injuries. Tom, you're so good at what you do, man. Keep working hard. Keep, keep providing us with all this useful information. You're the best, man. I'll do my best. All right. And you guys at home listening, if you want to see this type of information, the statistics that we're referring to, so much more content about injuries, about fantasy outlook, visit our website, guys, fantasyinjuryteam.com. All this stuff is there. All right. So that is out of the way. Let's get to a brand new segment. We've got the rookie versus the vet. We've got the old guy versus the young guy. We got a little competition here amongst us here. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to do three rounds of this fantasy debate club. Tom and Tyler will go head to head discussing some NFL players and their outcomes for the rest of the season. So I'll give you guys about a minute. You know, we won't be here with the time. We won't be too strict on you, but we'll give you guys like a minute or so to talk about each player. And then I'll decide who I think won that round. And it's the best two out of three boys. I guess I'll, uh, I'll buy the winter lunch or uh, we'll, we'll do something nice for you out there. But the question is, so for each round, the question is, which fantasy player would you rather have for the rest of the season? And we just put some polls up on our Twitter. You guys can check those out. I don't even want to tell you, Tom and Tyler, how the voting's going right now, but uh, not that it matters, not going to impact my decision, but let's start with round one. Tom would rather have CMC the rest of the year. Tyler would rather have Aaron Jones for the rest of the year. I'm up in arms about this one. I don't know who I would pick. Tom, convince me on CMC. I would love to. In the past 10 games on a terrible Carolina team, he's averaging 17.2 points. That's really good. You're not going to get much better than that. Twenty-one In 2021, San Francisco as a team ranked sixth in rushing touchdowns and seventh in rushing yards. With who is their running back? Uh, San Francisco, a little bit of everybody. Elijah exactly. Mitchell and uh, Jeff Wilson, or I don't even know who else they had. Everybody. Mostert for like two plays. Wilson. Right. Exactly. In 2020, Oh, not quite as good. 12th in, ru- in rushing touchdowns, but fifth in rushing yards. With who? Um, who? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sitting here taking notes and writing that I can't even come up with these. Okay. In 2019, they were first in rushing touchdowns, second in rushing yards. With who? Go on. Exactly. They have not had a memorable running back in years, but they're still putting up really good running backs. That's the Shanahan effect. The defenses are going to have to honor Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle. That's going to make things so much easier for McCaffrey. There will be no eight men in the box because they can't afford to. They'll get burned over the top. They traded a lot for him. They're going to give him the ball. So to me, this is a no-brainer. Christian McCaffrey is going to continue to be on a tear, his efficiency is going to increase dramatically. Talk about starting the debate club hot. All right. Tyler, what do you got? What do you got to rebuttal with that one? Tom, that was a, a solid start, but I don't know, man. What do we got for Aaron Jones? Well, my problem with McCaffrey is we don't know how the Niners are going to use him. They've always used a committee. It could be different, but they have to take into account McCaffrey's <laughs> injuries. You know, they use a committee. And McCaffrey's targets in Carolina, he was getting nine to 10 targets a game. The 49ers generally don't throw to their running backs. And that would really mess up his fantasy club. And I feel like the Packers, they're realizing Jones is becoming the RB1 in Green Bay. It's 77% of snaps last game compared to Dylan's 28. He had just four rushes, Dylan. And Jones could be the leading receiver on their team behind Lazard. I think he is probably the better option than McCaffrey. This is really hard to decide. Tom, I like how you, uh, Tom engaged the audience. He asked questions. Tyler with the rebuttal. Tom didn't talk much about Aaron Jones. Tyler brings in a little bit of both. 
First round point's going to go to Tom, though. I like the CMC arguments. I like the stats. I like how I like the fact that I couldn't think of any running backs on San Francisco that have been good recently. Tyler had some really strong arguments there, but you convinced me on CMC. All right. Round two. Tom thinks that Tom Brady is the better option for the rest of the year. Tyler, you are feeling Danny Dimes. Tyler, we'll let you go first with this one. Daniel Jones, man after my heart. What do you got for us? The big thing here is rushing quarterbacks in fantasy are just a cheat code. I think they're overall safer, and I think they have a higher ceiling. Think of the best guys, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. They run the ball a lot. Imagine you're going against a good passing defense. Brady, if his receivers are locked up and pass rushes there, what's he going to do? He's going to sit there, get sacked. Jones can rely on his legs. They have designed runs. He can scramble for guaranteed points. And the rushing touchdown is six points versus a passing touchdown, which is just four. I think Jones is safer with more upside, and I think Brady, he's overall been unreliable this year. So I would go Jones. It does with the facts. All right, Tom, what do you got about Brady? So the GOAT last season finished QB3. Season before, QB8. He's still got it. This season has been challenging for Brady, no doubt. But what happened just in the preseason? Every single one of his receivers was injured. They're starting to come back. Mike Evans is good to go. Godwin is another week removed from his ACL injury and looking better. Julio may be coming back soon. Gage is out this week. That's okay. And Fournette's still there as a very reliable receiver. You know how many interceptions Brady's thrown all season? Four. No idea. Only one. The guy protects the ball. They're going to need to throw to stay competitive because they're not as good as they've been in the past. And he's the GOAT for a reason. He always figures it out. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, yes, he's off to a great start. No question about that. The, the new coach is definitely helping him. But this guy is historically a turnover machine. And who are his receivers? The receiving core is falling apart in, in New York. Not that it was ever great to start with. To me... Sure, Daniel Jones will have some splash games, but Brady's the one that's going to be much, much more reliable. All right, Tom, some solid arguments. You used the word goat quite a few times. I think was the goat, probably is the goat all time. This year, though, I don't know, man. It's sketchy, sketchy year right now for them. Bad offensive line troubles. On the other end, Tyler brought up the cheat code, and you guys both talked about, or Tom at least, talked about the wide receivers for the Giants. Danny Dimes is doing all of this with me, you, and Tyler at wide receiver right now. It's a pretty damn impressive season. Points got to go to Tyler here, man. Danny Dimes is having a heck of a year. You did say historically a turnover machine. Not this year, man. Giants 6-1, and one, baby. You and just gonna picked be him because he plays for the Giants. I didn't. You I homer. think Tyler. I think Tyler legit had better arguments there. You referred to goat a bunch of times, but Tom Brady's watched right now, man. Not looking good. So we need one more round to settle this. And I swear to you guys at home, this is not. You know, it wasn't meant to be one and one. This is all genuine, and uh, we're, we're keeping things real around here. So last round, it's a good one for us, Tom. You can start us off. You're feeling Kenneth Walker for the rest of the season. Kenneth Walker the third. Tyler's feeling classic running back, Alvin Kamara. What do you got for us? Finish it up strong, Tom. So what do we know about Pete Carroll's offensive preferences? Does he like to air it out or does he like to run the ball? He likes to run the ball a lot, doesn't he? Rashad Penny, season's over. Sad story. We hate to see that. We really liked Rashad Penny coming into the season. In comes the rookie second round pick, Kenneth Walker. And guess what? He's already third in the NFL in yards per carry with 6.1. This is actually tied with Rashad Penny, who is averaging 6.1 yards per carry. So that tells me that something in that Seattle running game is going right. If two of their running backs are averaging 6.1 yards per carry. Seattle's quietly been really good this year. I know nobody, including myself, believed in a Geno Smith-led offense, but they're leading their division at four and three. Gino's been very efficient, and they have two really good receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf that demand respect from the defense, so they can't crowd the line. They cannot afford to put eight guys in the box, or DK or Lockett will beat them overhead. Every year, every year, we see a rookie running back finish as an RB1. Brees Hall season's over. 
Who else is it going to be? Kenneth Walker. To that point, Javante went down as well. He was the other candidate for that possibility. So, all well, right, Tom. Jav- Javante was in his second season. All right. I, keep, I don't know why I keep thinking he's a rookie. Okay. Um, okay. You're up, Tyler. What do you got for Kamara? So, I want to start off by saying I think Walker is overperforming right now, and he's getting a little bit overhyped. I get it. He's good, but he gets no receiving work. He's had four touchdowns in three weeks. You can't expect that on a week-to-week basis. And a lot of his points are coming from these long runs, which are generally fluky and unsustainable. He had a 74-yard touchdown one week ago, 69-yard touchdown three weeks ago, and it's inflating his stats. I get good players make good plays, but that's just – there's examples of in the past. James Robinson, first three weeks, 17 points per game. A lot of those from long breakaway runs, five points per game the next few weeks. There was a significant drop-off. And I think eventually it's going to happen with Walker. There's not much to say about Kamara. I think he's at minimum a top six running back when healthy in fantasy. He gets seven to 10 targets a game and he gets the rushing volume that Walker does. I don't think you can really beat him. And he's no back for the competition. That's it. Holy moly. We're going to have to have some sort of a vote here. You guys crushed that. That was really, really fun. Um, so about Walker, you brought up the no receiving work and how the long runs and it's fluky. I feel like your arguments on Kamara could have been a little bit better. Tom. It's true. Did, mm, are you, Tom are you, being, are you being a teacher giving feedback on a I'm giving all right the now? feedback in the world. You guys are both really well spoken to. That was really solid. What really won me over, I think, was the Pete Carroll argument. Tom, I got to give this to you. Sorry, rookie. I think Tyler killed it. But, Tom, I, I like those Pete Carroll arguments because you're right. The 6.1 yards of carry, even Rashad Penny was doing it, who was really solid as well. And they got to respect it. And Geno Smith is somehow leading this team to a ton of success. So, okay. That was really fun. All right, Tom, I owe you lunch. And Tyler, I'll buy you lunch too because you're awesome and you did such a good job. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go to some mailbag questions. We'll do our start sets and then we'll wrap up the show. So we'll try to breeze through these a little bit quicker. So some mailbag questions. And thank you guys so much at home for, for bringing these in. We truly appreciate it. And uh, keep them coming. We're happy to answer questions for you guys. So, Tom, this, seem, this seems like it's right down your alley here. Jesse asked about Dobbins's realistic forecast. And if he comes back, do you think he's going to do anything? What do you think? Realistically, I'm concerned and I'm not relying on him. If I was relying on him, I would be making efforts to find another running back. He's going to be out at least four weeks, possibly six weeks. So what is if he missed last week? So that was week seven. So we got seven, eight, nine, ten, at least out till week 11, possibly 12, 13. And even then, you cannot rely on him. I mean, he's coming his knee. He had a knee surgery. Um, four to six weeks I mean nothing was repaired this time, but probably clean out procedure, which leads to that inflammation, pain, things like that, that has to get managed. So while he's able to weight bear and all that right now, he's probably not able to tolerate high level training at this point. So there's going to be a deconditioning component that comes in. There's going to be some weakness that he, or not, not true weakness, but like less strong than he was prior to that surgery that he's going to need to regain. And even after that, he wasn't playing well. He had that one game that we talked about either last episode or the one before where he had a good fantasy output, but we talked two about touchdowns that game. Yeah. Two touchdowns that any NFL running back could have scored. I mean, you can't, you can't knock him for those, but they're very well-designed plays and very well blocked and enter Gus Edwards, who is back and who this season has not been there when Dobbins was there and looked pretty good last week. So if Edwards keeps it up, even when Dobbins comes back, he's not going to get a huge workload. They're going to split pretty evenly between the two. So I am not high on Dobbins at all the rest of the season. I'm with you. I'm done with him. I just hate the whole Ravens backfield. Maybe Gus Edwards, but they have Kenyon Drake and Hill, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Lamar runs the ball. Andrews is kind of their guy like we talked about. And you're right, man. Dobbins had one good game in the last two weeks, 4.4. And then 1.5. I'm done with him. I don't want anything to do with him. Um, Gus looked good, though, man. 18.6 fantasy points, went 16 for 66 with two scores. So I think you nailed that one on the head there, Tom. Okay. Voff asked, is Daniel Jones a top 12 option? Um, I'm still kind of uh, sitting and thinking about what Tyler said about him. To me, absolutely. Right now, dude, Daniel Jones is QB9 with 
nothing around him, nothing around him at all. What if, what if the Giants trade for a wide receiver? What if they, they got they somebody should. like DJ Moore or Claypool or Cooks, Cooks, whoever? There's so many options out there. Listen, I think the Giants themselves are overachieving, and I think Jones will keep that up, especially with the bad matchups coming up. Tyler nailed it before, man, said the rushing floor. Rushing is a fantasy cheat code. So I, I want to give Brian Dable a big hug, and I just want him to be like my friend because I think he's doing such a good job. But for me, I don't know if you guys agree. Tom, you agree? Daniel Jones, top 12 option? I'd say bottom end of the top 12, yeah. Okay. Tyler, where would you rank him? You just had to throw a number on Jones rest of the season. I'd say he's, just, he's probably just inside the top 12. I just don't think there's a lot of good quarterbacks right now. Fantasy is really weird this year and not that many good players overall i'd say he gets he's in there okay i think you think he's a fringe guy as well okay uh spin we talked a little bit about trades mike spin asked what are potential trades and landing spots with the deadline next week any of you guys want to discuss this at all i kind of have a couple in mind but i'd love to see kareem hunt and go to the rams i wish you could see my paper Hunt to Rams. <laughs> That's literally exactly <laughs> I it. I love it. <laughs> I threw some fun ones. I put like, what if like David Montgomery went to the Broncos, something like that. They should, Montgomery should be traded. He needs to go. Khalil Herbert, one, is better than him. The Bears should recognize that. They should have recognized it already. There's so many teams that need a running back in the short term, like a team that might be able to compete. Broncos, um, please trade DJ Moore. I might say a prayer tonight for that. DJ Moore, give him to the Packers, the Ravens. He's got to go somewhere. One of my friends brought up, why don't the Giants and Jets just make a trade? Kenny Galladay, get him the hell out of here. And Elijah Moore, get him out of it. Something different. I don't know. Maybe these guys need to change the scenery. Tyler, what do you think about that, man? I don't know. Do you um, want to see I, Moore go? I don't want to see Moore go anywhere. And I also do not want Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> okay, fair enough. He, he, is, he has just been horrendous. Okay. Uh, what are potential bachelor party spots <laughs> tyler i'm sure you could talk all about this one but yep. potential potential bachelor party spots for boff that's our friend who, who called in here and does tom think he will be invited to the bachelor party <laughs> oh my god i mean after after the bachelor parties that i've been on with Vav, i think he's I, I should be the first one invited um the question is is tom a first round pick in bachelor parties i i think the answer there is an obvious yes I think Tom's like the Jonathan Taylor, overhyped and uh, goes first overall. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an Austin Eckler. I'm very versatile, and you know you're gonna you're gonna do well. And you um, get lost a lot, so I don't know what that has to do with Eckler, but <laughs> <laughs> Bob, go to another country. Go somewhere. I was I was about to say Mexico. Yeah, we've done Miami, Vegas, all that stuff. New it's Orleans, be, has been done. Gotta be Mexico. I think you should go to Spain. That would also be sick. Get real weird. Okay. All right. Three more questions. Definitely invite uh, me. <laughs> please invite me. Please invite me. Tyler, a couple more years, maybe. We'll, uh, we'll see you in Mexico with us. Okay. Uh, you can take this one, Ty. Do any Jets – we talked about this a little bit earlier, but do any Jets wide receivers get a boost from the Brees Hall injury? What do you think about that? I do not think so, unfortunately. I think the offense gets worse without Hall, and I don't see how any receivers benefit, honestly. What about Garrett? How do you feel about Garrett Wilson? What are your thoughts on him? He started well, but his targets have gone like way downhill. Do you like him, Ty? I don't think I don't think it's about him. I think Zach Wilson. It's like these players are balling out with Flacco and he comes in. He's not playing well. I don't I don't think he's worse than Flacco, but he comes in and it's like our receivers don't get the ball when they need to. It's weird. Yeah. I agree. I think I think the Brees Hall thing kind of just hurts them as a whole. Okay. Tom, from Jesse, will DeAndre Swift ever play football again? <laughs> I did see that he, he practiced fully today, and there's like a whole party about that. Is he back? Are we good with him? Uh, well, <laughs> I sure hope he plays football again. He's fun to watch. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it sounds like he's gearing up to play this week, but um, we will have to stay tuned. He's one I'll be talking about later in the week. Awesome. He's like that like really, really hot, but crazy girlfriend where like the good times are really good, but then most of the time you're just pulling your hair out and you're depressed and, and anxious about having him around. <laughs> I hope he plays too, man. Okay. This one, I'll just answer. Do the bucks actually stink? That was a real question we got. The answer is yes. Uh, the answer is absolutely yes. Tom seems to think Brady's a, a top quarterback option. He, they're three and four right now, the bucks. 
They're going to be. They don't get it. any easier. What do you think? Would you say tie? I think they're beating the Ravens Thursday night. Calling it. Is okay. this a bounce back spot from getting blown out by the Panthers? Yeah, Brady's not going to lose two in a row. At least not right. badly. I'll I'll put my head on the line here. I'll take the Ravens in that game. But it, it also after that they play the Rams, and then they play the great Geno Smith led Seahawks after that. So listen, it might be tough, but all right, Ty, we're going to hold you to that bounce back game. And then actually there was one more late question. Somebody asked us, and this is not on our, our show script here, but a keeper league, not a dynasty league, a keeper league, who should they keep in the 17th round next year? Calvin Ridley or Javante Williams? I haven't heard the name Calvin Ridley in forever, but my First answer off. to him was absolutely Javante. But Tom, you might be able to talk about like, is he going to be back fully? But you're giving me weird faces now. What's going uh, on? 17 rounds? That's a lot. That's what he uh, said, 17th round, yeah. No, it's Ridley for sure, and here's why. So Wait, the keep be- Ridley for sure? Yes, yes. Really? Okay, go ahead. The, the best comparison for Javante Williams is J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins took 56 weeks to return to the field, and we know that running backs aren't great in their first at least six weeks when they return. So. Uh, Williams, I can't remember exactly what week he was injured. I want to say it was four or five. So 56 weeks from there would be, let's say, week 10. He returns next season. And then you have that buffer period where they're really not good for several weeks. So we're really looking at like very end of the season for Javante Williams to be productive if he follows the same trajectory as Dobbins. He may not. He may be quicker, but he also may be slower. His injury was actually more involved than Dobbins. He had the ACL and the posterior lateral corner, which is the PCL, LCL, and meniscus. So just like what we talked about with Brees Hall, the meniscus has to be repaired. Javante Williams probably still isn't weight-bearing at this point. And then he's got a long road ahead of him. Whereas Calvin Ridley is just hanging out, hopefully training, hopefully not betting on sports. And he just opened up a DraftKings account as we were sitting here, actually. (laughs) Uh, Who knows who Atlanta's quarterback is going to be, but this guy is electric. Or if he's going to be in Atlanta. I don't even know if he's still going to be on that team or not. But um, I forgot that the Javante injury happened. So not late, but my mind like programmed to think like he's back week one. But like you said, it's going to take a long time. So, all right, there's your answer for you there. Okay. All right, we are on to our last segment, um, Start Sit. So some of us have been ice cold. Um, others have been piping hot. Uh, Tyler, you get your rookie debut today for Start Sit. I'll go first. So I'm going to start this week. My must-start of the week is a guy we talked a little bit about on the show already, Rondell Moore. Keep it nice and short and sweet here. I think that since Robbie Anderson's been brought in, don't think he's going to play a big role. I think they do shift him outside as he starts to get to learn this offense. Um, he has to step up in the absence of Marquise Brown. I think Rondell Moore, I think hopefully Kingsbury figures it out and does move him to the slot. I know. I get it. Hopkins is a beast. He's got a crazy target share. But a game with such a high implied total, 48.5, and I think the spread's only two or three, I think it's going to be pass, pass, pass. I really like Rondell Moore in a good bounce back spot this week. And I am sitting David Montgomery. First off, I easily, easily think I test statistics, everything. Khalil Herbert is just a better player. But I think for this week, no matter who's the better player, I think the running game itself is going to be scripted out for the Bears against the Cowboys. Pretty low total on the game. Bears are getting 9.5 points as underdogs. The Cowboys have allowed zero touchdowns on the ground at home this year and only averaging a total of 17 points to opposing running backs. You might think, oh, Montgomery 17. No, you divide that by two. I think Montgomery's range of outcomes this week is anywhere between six and 10 points. I'm sitting Montgomery. All right, Tommy boy. Hit us. What do you got for this week? So my first one is pending Mark Andrews status tomorrow night. If Mark Andrews does not play, I'm starting Isaiah likely. Like I talked about before, absolute beast at my alma mater, coastal Carolina. He can get downfield. He can, he can run after the catch and Jackson loves tight ends. In the event that Andrews does play, I retract that statement and I replace it with... You need a contract. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I replace it with Donta Foreman for Carolina. Um, we talked about how Hubbard is questionable, may or may not play. And who else does this offense have? Like DJ Moore, yeah, but they 
they gotta give the ball to Foreman if if especially if Hubbard's not there. It's a divisional matchup against Atlanta. Foreman's been really good when he's played in the past two seasons, and I kind of cherry picked this stat disclaimer. But in the past two seasons, when he gets at least 39% of snaps or more, he averages 15 points a game. That's good. I'm sitting James Conner, like I talked about before. He's not going to see a great snap share, and Arizona's offense has not been as consistently efficient this year as it's been in the past. All righty. Hit us, rookie. What do you got for us, Ty? I'm starting another receiver from the Vikings-Cardinals game, and that is Adam, Adam Thielen. I don't trust the Cardinals' defense to stop anyone. I think they need to pay attention to Jefferson in this game, meaning Thielen is going to have a day. I agree. I think it's a high-scoring game, and he's been getting consistent volume. I expect that to be the same this week. And he has that red zone upside. I'm, I think he could get a touchdown here. And my sit, I am benching Najee Harris. He's against a great defensive line. I think he's going to be bottled up. They're going to be trailing against the Eagles. They'll have to pass, but that doesn't help Najee at all because he gets basically no receiving volume in that offense. And for him, I'm expecting less than 10 points. Love it. You crushed this show, Tyler. I'm so happy to have you on, man. You did a really good job. Um, we will see how those go. Um, but before we go, ladies and gentlemen, one more thing for you guys. If you've waited this long, we appreciate it, and it's going to pay off for you. So today we have our final trivia question for round two. So you, those of you guys out there, we talked about him. He is the RB1 in fantasy football. Might even right now break the all-time reception record for a running back. His name is Austin Eckler. We've got a signed framed authenticated jersey that you can win just by answering a trivia question and also we're going to pick out two winners the second winner can join us one day on the podcast so to answer the question simply message us on twitter at injury underscore fantasy follow us and message us the answer so question for this week which two active quarterbacks lead the nfl in all-time interceptions thrown one guy's thrown 204 interceptions in his career. Another has thrown 179. So which two active quarterbacks lead the NFL in all-time interceptions thrown? Message us. And once again, we're feeling generous. Every correct answer, we will give you two entries into winning that Austin Eckler signed and framed jersey. We will ship it to you, meet with you, whatever you need. Get that question done. All right, that about wraps up. Uh, any concluding remarks, boys? Anything, Tyler? Definitely a special shout out to you guys and or to you. And if you guys want to follow him, definitely an electric follow on, on TikTok at TD.Sports. He's got some funny and also really good content. But thank you, Ty, for joining us. We really appreciate it, man. Yep, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And any closing remarks besides for uh, Go Birds, Tom? I'm off to San Diego. Have a safe flight. Have a good time. And you guys at home, thank you for joining us. Good luck in week eight, and we'll see you guys next time.